You're listening to the Mid-South Minute Podcast. This episode of Mid-South Minute is brought to you by the Mid-South Crop Protection Team and Corteva AgriScience. Hey everyone, welcome back to season two of the Mid-South Minute Podcast with Corteva AgriScience. I'm your host for today, Carly Myers, and I will be interviewing two special guests who have so much expertise in the topic of spring burndown applications. I've got Territory Manager Matt McGowan and our contract consultant Steve Crawford. To get started, we'll have them introduce themselves and tell us where they're from so we can get to know them a little bit better. Matt, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure, yeah, I'll go first. Um, So yeah, Matt McGowan, I'm a Territory Manager for Corteva on the crop protection side and uh, I I work basically two-thirds of the state of Mississippi. basically from Bolivar and Tallahatchie counties uh, south down the, the west side of Interstate 55. And then when, once you get to I-20, I've got everything that goes south of, of Interstate 20. Steve Crawford here. Uh, I'm located in Catahoula Parish. Uh, I work with growers in uh, primarily Catahoula, Concordia, Tinsaw parishes here in northeast central Louisiana. Uh, I work part-time as a contract consultant for uh, Corteva doing sales support work for territory managers like Matt and and others. And we try to uh, focus, of course, on Louisiana because that's where I am, but we also reach out to all the Mid-South territory managers because what we talk about today will have application to virtually all of our, our territory managers. Exactly. This will apply to the whole Mid-South. So to get started, we are going to be talking about three different products today, Leadoff, Elevore, and Euphoria. Matt, can you go ahead and give us a breakdown and summary of Leadoff, rates you recommend, application windows, and just other information for someone that's new to Leadoff? Yeah, so Leadoff was was brought to this market um, I guess it's been several years ago, Steve. Uh, I'll get the wrong I'll get the wrong introduction year, but I'm going to say roughly eight or ten years ago, and uh, it yep. was introduced to uh, to, to complement um, burn down applications where they were primarily uh, contact based chemistries like glyphosate and 2,4-D. Um, and this is a, a complementary piece to to those contact chemistries in that, yes, leadoff does provide some contact activity on the winter weed spectrum, but the real selling point behind leadoff was the uh, residual activity that we get with leadoff. It's an excellent residual product, um, contains two sulfonylurea chemistries uh, that are highly active on a lot of our uh, winter weed spectrum, both from a, a grasses and a broadleaf standpoint. And we uh, we do put it in the tank with uh, with products like glyphosate and 2,4-D um, in, in the springtime. What we call our spring burn down, um, and and uh, also clethodim is another tank mix partner, particularly where we're we're having ryegrass issues. Uh, but you could also tank mix it with other residuals, such as uh, metolachlor is a popular uh, residual that goes in the tank often with with lead off. Uh, but we'll we'll put lead off out starting in the fall uh, when uh, when we have that opportunity when uh, when we have a, an environment for 
fall burn down, which we've had a decent fall burn down the last couple of years. Uh, in, in the fall of 2020 and in fall of 2021, we've, we've had uh, probably as good a fall burn down windows we've had in quite a while and, and had quite a few acres treated. Um, when lead off goes out in the fall, typically we're looking at a two ounce rate of lead off. And, uh, and it's going in the tank with uh, something like Paraquat and, uh, and Metolachlor. But uh, as we get over into the spring, those tank mix partners and, and the rate of lead off change. Uh, tank mix partners, we, we, we like going from Paraquat to something like Glyphosate and 2,4-D when we get into the spring, because typically that means we've got bigger weeds uh, to get knocked down. And, and once weeds get a little size on them, we, we like uh, glyphosate and 2,4-D better than we like paraquat from a knockdown uh, standpoint. Um, and then also I've mentioned already that, that we like clethodim in the tank with it when, when we're talking about controlling ryegrass. But the other thing about spring burn down with lead off is that's typically when we'll back that rate down from two ounces to an ounce and a half. And um, the difference in going from two ounces to an ounce and a half from a crop planting interval uh, standpoint is that you can plant corn uh, regardless of the rate you use on lead off at zero days. So in other words, we can put lead off out behind the planter uh, on corn. But as far as soybeans and cotton go, when we get two ounces, that's a 60 day plant back to lead off. Whereas if we back that rate down to an ounce and a half, now we can go 30 days to soybeans or to cotton. Uh, the two crops that we do plant a little bit of here in the Mid-South that, uh, that we unfortunately cannot use lead off on, on those acres would be rice and grain sorghum or milo. Um, so, so those have quite a, quite a little bit longer plant backs to lead off. So you, you won't be planting those crops after a lead off application, uh, even, even if you are making a fall or spring burn down. So that's where we want to look at a different um, residual uh, than lead off if, if you're going to plant rice or, or grain sorghum. We uh, actually categorize lead off as a flex acre contact plus residual herbicide. What that means is that you can put the herbicide out uh, without great concern about what crop you're going to plant as long as basically as cotton, corn, or soybeans. Uh, so that was a big attribute of the product that it gives you flexibility. Uh, so much of the Mid-South, we go into the spring uh, not really knowing exactly what crops we're going to plant, what the crop mix will be, and certainly not what fields are going to be planted in those crops. So the fact that it is a flex acre residual is, is a great attribute for the product. And it's the way we built the product and the way we basically promote it. Um, Matt talked a little bit about tank mix partners and um, I, I never go to the field with lead off alone, except in very exceptional situations. By and large, we're looking at three-way tank mixes, basically glyphosate, lead off, and an auxin type herbicide. Now the auxins being either dicamba, 2,4-D, or elevore. Now, why would I choose elevore over these long-standing materials like uh, dicamba and 2,4-D? Some of the work coming out of some of the universities and also Corteva's internal work 
uh, shows that there is no antagonism between uh, elevore and clethodem. Ryegrass has become almost a universal problem in much of the Mid-South. A lot of resistance to, uh, it's basically all resistant to glyphosate or Roundup now. And, uh, but we do still get activity out of clethodem. And you just have to be careful if you load up a, a treatment with 2,4-D or dicamba, you are antagonizing or reducing the activity of the clethodem on the ryegrass. So uh, we've got a fortunate situation there in that elevore uh, does not antagonize clethodem. So we focus on it quite often when we have uh, serious ryegrass issues. Now, there are a couple of species that elevore is not quite as strong on. Uh, as 2,4-D and dicamba, or especially 2,4-D. One of those is cutleaf evening primrose, which 2,4-D is famous for controlling. Uh, Carolina geranium control with elevore is not too great. And, and some of the chickweed. So in some of these situations, we'll just add a low rate of 2,4-D uh, in the mixture. So basically there we'll be going with glyphosate plus lead off plus elevore plus clethodem plus maybe three-eighths to a half pound of 2,4-D ester. So, you know, we customize the treatment to fit the situation, and we also think about minimizing, using all the tools we can to minimize antagonism of our grass herbicide, because uh, especially in corn, if we miss ryegrass uh, 30 days pre-plant, we're just about not going to be able to deal with it in many geographies. When it comes to the weed spectrum that you guys are dealing with, can you kind of elaborate on how you've seen leadoff be so successful? Okay, yeah, I'll take the first stab at it. So <clears throat> there's a few ways that I, I really like leadoff uh, on in that it, it acts as a, a really good contact chemistry, but it's, it's really good from a residual standpoint. And, and a lot of times you'll see what we call reach back. Um, the couple weeds I, I like it on that we see in the in the winter time or in the early spring, uh, poana or annual bluegrass. It's it's really cool to see leadoff go out on that species because um, it will just turn it like fire engine red. Will just really uh, dry it up, kill it graveyard dead. It's it's really good on poana. Uh, another weed that we struggle with from at times here in the mid south um, is. Um, Swine cress lead off is is really really good on swine cress. Uh, it's a, it's an annual broadleaf weed and and lead off really does a good job as a, both a contact and a residual for swine cress. But it's it's very broad spectrum. I just mentioned a grass and and a broadleaf. Um, but it's there are numerous broadleafs and grasses that lead off is very effective on. Hen bits another one that we get. Uh, pretty good contact control with, but excellent residual. Um, what's neat is when you can see the guys that put lead off out in the fall and maybe they miss a swath or they don't get around the edges real good. And you can see where that sprayer went and, and you'll see the hen bit just as thick as the hair on a dog's back where, where they haven't sprayed. And then it's just clean as a whistle where the lead off has been applied. So um, excellent pre-emerge on, on annual and uh, annual grasses and annual uh, broadleafs, uh, particularly in that winter weed spectrum. 
you know, when we first brought leadoff forward, henbit was the key species. You know, one of the competitive products to leadoff is plumioxazin or uh, valor type chemistry. And, you know, it's hot when you spray uh, glyphosate, uh, valor or glyphosate plumy treatment on henbit. Boy, it'll just turn it uh, brown real quickly. But one of the things that we historically noted was that it regrows at the nodes. So you think you've gotten a good treatment, a good result, but you don't. Uh, the same thing is true to some extent, a little bit different uh, response type with 2,4-D, but you would think 2,4-D will control henbit, but it's not a consistent, nor, nor is uh, uh, dicamba. Neither one of those are consistent on henbit. Leadoff is extremely consistent on henbit. I get questions often, often, how am I going to spray this really thick henbit and still, you know, kill it and still get residual? And that's one of the questions that I don't have a good, really good answer to. But basically, you spray winter annual weeds, I expect to get residual behind leadoff, almost regardless of how thick the, the canopy of weeds is. And, and that, that's really, really pretty neat. Um, we talked a little bit about Elevore being a potential tank mix partner, and we'll get to that more later. But it is an excellent henbit material from a contact standpoint as well. So we have some really good tools there. One of the things I'll talk about leadoff just a little bit, it's really a unique herbicide in that it is most effective when it's wettest and coldest, coolest. It's like when the spring warm-up comes, there's a switch trips and leadoff goes away, breaks down real rapidly. We always use the, uh, the temperature of 50 degrees Fahrenheit. If soil temperature is above 50, then leadoff is going to break down real, real rapidly. And that appears to be the situation. But it has a lot of staying power. And uh, we see it utilized beautifully in corn in, in Louisiana, where we only generally get one opportunity to get in the field to plant corn and maybe not even run a sprayer behind the planter. That leadoff application 60, uh, 75 days pre-plant will actually act as our pre-emergence application in corn. And then we follow it with a post-emergence in-crop application. And that's basically our, our weed control program in corn. For someone new to leadoff, can you give us another reminder on things to remember when using leadoff, things that we need to be aware of for this product? Well, like I stated earlier, um, definitely a no-no for leadoff going on, on acres that could potentially go into rice or grain sorghum. Um, those are two crops that, you know, more so on the rice that we grow a good bit of here in, in the Mid-South. Um, you, you'll have years where we have grain sorghum acres um, that, that are, are, are big, uh, relatively speaking. But those two crops in particular, leadoffs plant back on those two uh, limits it. And, and we have other residual options if, if those two crops are in the mix. But um, those are the two primary crops. And then uh, soybeans, Steve, I'll, I'll let you take this. You, you've got a lot of experience in this matter. But soybeans is one that you sometimes have to, to – uh, pay attention to uh, certain environmental uh, situations with, uh, with regard to leadoff applications. Okay, before we leave prohibited crops, we actually have a leadoff label in Louisiana for acid soils. 
and it's utilized in South Louisiana pretty well. And if you think about it, that's really down where it gets warm early and the product breaks down real rapidly there. But outside South Louisiana, we do not utilize um, lead off in rice. Uh, okay, when we start thinking about soybeans, of course, not all soybeans are the same. Uh, we know absolutely that the bolt soybean trait, kind of a, a dual STS uh, genetic trait, that gives absolute tolerance to lead off. You can even use a full rate of lead off behind the planter on bolt soybeans. Well, next in terms of tolerance are the SR or STS soybeans. We never have issues of any kind of crop response behind an SR or an STS soybean. In other words, sulfonylurea is resistant or sulfonylurea tolerant, STS. Um, those are super tolerant. Beyond that, uh, you, if you look at many seed catalogs, you will see a rating on rim sulfuron uh, tolerance in soybeans. And rim sulfuron is the active ingredient that has a residual and has activity on soybeans in some environments. So it, it's basically good to know your soybean variety, consult your seed uh, supplier about tolerance to rim sulfuron. Uh, basically, I have worked a few complaints and historically with lead off, generally speaking, it's on soils that are in pH between 6.5 and 7.5. It's on what I would call a class one cotton soil, which we don't have too many of in my part of the country. And uh, we successfully use lead off on virtually every acre in Northeast Louisiana, especially south of I-20, where we get away from any of those class one soils with a, a almost neutral pH. Uh, one of the things, and we don't want to go into it very deep, but it's always amazing. If you see a little bit of crop, crop response with lead off, it's usually very transient. And the soybeans have a tremendous ability to recover from early season, season stunning uh, if you do get a response to lead off. We always encourage, uh, if you don't know your variety and it's tolerance to lead off, then be careful about planting very early under cool, wet conditions with soybean seed that don't have a real strong vigor rating at all. Let's talk Elevor. This is our group four product, what we call our RLX Active, one ounce use rate. Where have you seen Elevor be most successful in your geographies? Elevor is just a phenomenal chemistry from a broadleaf standpoint, uh, particularly on two weeds that we often struggle with in the Mid-South. And, and uh, number one, we've, we've spent a lot of time talking about it already, and that's henbit. Um, I don't think there's a better contact killer of henbit uh, out there on the market today than Elevor. Uh, Elevor is, is awesome for henbit control. Um, regard, you know, Agronomics, you know, sound agronomics always teaches to, to spray weeds when they're small. Um, but, I, Steve, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I've, uh, I've never had any trouble killing mature hen bit with Elevore. It is just that good on, um, on, on that particular species. And the other species that Elevore is really, really strong on is mare's tail. Mare's tail gives us a lot of challenges uh, in the – it's a it's a weed that can grow really quickly and can get out of hand in a hurry, uh, but Elevore is highly active on on mare's tail as well. 
And, you know, Elevore is a, an auxin-type chemistry, a group four synthetic auxin, but it acts quite a bit different from the auxins that most of us are familiar with, such as 2,4-D or dicamba, uh, in that Elevore is going to act quite a bit slower than, uh, than those chemistries, whereas you can spray, say, 2,4-D, for example, in the morning time and by that afternoon you can you can pick up auxin type symptomology on the weeds that you've sprayed by that afternoon so pretty quick activity uh with that twisting and curling of the leaves that you you typically see on an auxin chemistry uh whereas elevore it's, it's going to take it you know a week or two for you to really start picking up good symptomology on most broadleaf weeds now i will say henbit is one that it is uh, particularly quicker on uh, it's, it's just so active on henbit but uh, it's had elevore has had a really good fit here in the mid-south uh, for for cleaning up messes uh, if you if you want to call it that um, where where we've maybe let some fields get out of hand hadn't had a timely burn down application Elevore has has done a really good job of controlling uh, some some uh, bigger weeds, and uh, in particular, like I said, henbit and mare's tail are two that is is really strong on. What mare's tail up to about eight inches is pretty much a hammer on it, correct? Um, Absolutely. We always put methylated seed oil with it, and of course, very often it's it's tank mixed with glyphosate and and maybe some 2,4-D and, and lead off. So there are uh, a number of products that we're mixing with there. But again, think about that non-antagonism uh, when we're putting glyphos- uh, we're putting clethodem out there for ryegrass, which is just about every application in my part of the world, especially when it comes to corn. Now, it has a little bit different rotational profile compared to 2,4-D and dicamba in some situations. We can apply um, elevore up to 14 days before planting corn, soybeans, and rice. Uh, Our research group is working toward narrowing those down to fewer days, maybe toward seven on the grain crops, but right now we're at 14 days, and on cotton, we're at 30 days. Uh, So it's a safe compound, has really nice utility in that, I call it kind of closer closer to planting uh, window. Last but not least, we have our product, Euphoria. Steve, I feel like this product is one that sometimes gets a little overshadowed or forgotten about. So can you just explain to us the value of Euphoria and why it's something that should be remembered? Well, Euphoria is another flex acre contact plus residual product that contains um, flumioxazin or a valor type component and then it also con- contains a, a first shot component so it's actually a com a, an su two su's combined with flumioxazin or valor and it's a tremendous burn down product gives you quick response has a lot of flexibility um, 30 days with cotton and corn in most cases you can go a little closer on no-till corn i believe it is and then you actually can go behind the planter uh, on soybeans. So it's it has a full complement of uh, flumioxazin, and then it has this first shot component in there to give you better contact burn down. 
some of the best and quickest burn down treatments that I've ever seen are glyphosate plus euphoria plus elevore. That is, is really, really a nice treatment that can clean up a mess of henbit and mare's tail and other winter annual weeds in, in, a, in a hurry. Yeah, and I was just going to mention too, uh, you know, with what we're dealing with at the end of 2021 and going in now here as, as we sit recording on the 20th of January in 2022, you know, supply is, is going to be a big question mark, um, has been for, for a few months now and, and will continue to be uh, here going into uh, this crop season. And, um, you know, I, I know probably a lot of our listeners um, some are more familiar with Euphoria than others, and, and maybe the same could be said for Elevore, but these are products that, um, that, that have a really good history and um, are, are really comparable products in these burn-down applications. Um, but, you know, Euphoria in particular, the, uh, the active ingredients that are in Euphoria are, uh, are very commonly used active ingredients, um, just maybe in, in different products. Um, but uh, with, with supply challenges this year, I think these are products that, that our listeners should definitely take a look at um, when they have to go to uh, plan B um, if, if plan A doesn't work out. Plan B is an excellent comment, Matt. I've had more calls this spring already, if, I, if you want to call it spring, about how can I put together a burn-down p- program without glyphosate. I mean, you know, I, I had a call earlier today. Well, I'm going to use 20 ounces of, of glyphosate. Well, typically I use 32. And so you start building a program, and it, it really makes you think about tank mixes and tank mix partners. Um, a low rate of glyphosate with 2,4-D is not going to be nearly as good as a low rate of glyphosate plus leadoff plus 2,4-D or elevo or whatever. Another thing we haven't talked about is paraquat or gramoxone. There are going to be growers that are forced into using gramoxone as their first line of defense in these tank mixes. I know from personal history that uh, gramoxone plus leadoff plus 2,4-D Gramoxone plus two four uh, plus leadoff plus dicamba. Those are really good treatments. Uh, Gramoxone plus the euphoria is a hammer. It it's going to miss some species unless you get them really small or get extremely good coverage. Historically, we don't control mare's tail very well with uh, um, gramoxone based sprays or paraquat based sprays, but with the traded crops that we're growing now, there are in-crop auction options available to so many acres. Uh, and even beyond that, uh, Liberty Link type crops and all. So, you know, a good pre-plant burn down program is essential always, but there are some, some backup pr- plans now. So we may not get it done quite as well this year with the constraints on supply as we would want to, but then we have to learn to utilize some of these supplemental products to finish the job. Yeah, I've talked to a lot of customers this year that uh, that are putting a pencil to paper and, and uh, you know, as, as supply is challenged, price goes up a lot of times. And uh, 
you know, we've heard auction prices like 24D and Dicamba have uh, have definitely increased, and it's making our customers take a look at products like Elevore. And uh, you know, I've had conversations where a guys telling me, "Look, I'm, I'm trying to burn down a field of solid purple henbit, and and henbit's really all I got, but I got a lot of it. Can I use Elevore and glyphosate?" And uh, you know. We'll have the conversation about the agronomics and, and uh, what to expect with that type of application. But if, if it's just hen bit we're going after, I think a glyphosate, elevore mix uh, will really do a good job. Um, now, th- those are the type of conversations that, uh, that we would encourage our customers to, to get in touch with your territory manager and, and have those conversations. I think we all have to prepare for not only plan B, but probably plan C and plan D <laughs> this year, just because of the, the supply challenges that we're all going to have to deal with. One, one product that we didn't mention specifically, except early on is Matola chlor or uh, a residual grass product in the mix. And, those have become increasingly common. Uh, I look at a lot of fields. I've looked at a lot of fields for 30 years, and I see a transition in the way ryegrass is behaving now. It seems like we're selecting for later and later and later emergence. So even if you put out a clethodem application the 20th of January, like we are right now, it would not surprise me at all to see new ryegrass emerging three, four, five weeks down downstream before we plant our crops so that brings in um that's a group 15 is that right matt uh uh s matola chlor matola chlor even in some yep the chlorocetamide is classic chemistry right uh, exactly and they uh you know that work has been documented by mississippi state how well they control ryegrass from a residual standpoint and so we know that there will be a lot of cases where um, one of those products, a chlorocetamide, will be mixed in the mix, and, and that's, that's a fine option. Well, that concludes our conversation today on Corteva's spring burndown products. Thank you so much, Matt and Steve, for being here. I really appreciate you sharing how Corteva fits in this space. I also want to thank our listeners, our retailers, growers, university counterparts. We hope that this podcast was helpful as you navigate the 2022 season, and we appreciate your continued support of Corteva. Matt, if there's anything else you would like to add? Yeah, I'll just... uh wrap up my part at least by saying uh we just want to say thank you to to the listeners to our customers to our whether it's uh our farmers that are listening and retail partners and uh, and our consultants and and our university folks just just want to say a big thank you and uh that that thank you comes as a thank you for your past support of Corteva and and then we're also going to say thank you for bearing with us because like we've kind of mentioned on this podcast, uh, 2022 is going to be a challenge on all of us. Um, so w- we just say thank you for, for the support, and, both past and present and future support of, of Corteva. And just encourage you to reach out to, to any of the Corteva team members if there's anything that we can help you with. I think you're right on target there, Matt. Um, I would say as we get into these challenging situations, reach out to your Corteva retail manager. 
uh, uh, territory manager. They have a wealth of experience in the field. Uh, they interact with the research group on a weekly, daily uh, basis. So there's a lot of information coming forward. So we're looking at situations now that are really unprecedented for recent history. So reach out to your territory managers for, for good information there. Thank you again for tuning in to the Mid-South Minute. For more information, please feel free to contact your Corteva local territory manager or visit us at corteva.com. Until next time.